Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to... We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Hello, Las Vegas. Happy Wednesday, one and all. It's a big day for our city, a very big day. The third and final presidential debate is here in Vegas at Thomas & Mack. But first, let me tell you that you're listening to 101.1 FM KVXL Experience Liberty Radio, coming to you live from Studio B at Liberty Baptist Church. We're located on Rainbow and Lake Mead. If you would like to join us for services, and you can do that, 9.30 and 11.15. I was was delaying with the intro there because I've had to sneeze for like the past five minutes, and I know it is coming, and I don't think it's going to wait until the break. So I was trying to figure out some way to make that happen without making it too obvious and then I just told you so now it's completely obvious and you know anyway moving on like I said big day here in in our city things downtown are going to be insane later if you are going downtown you do not want to be down there unless you have to be down there between 4 and 10 p.m. there is going to be a lot of road closures 15 from the Sahara all the way down to the 215 uh, is going to be closed through the airport connector. Uh, Russell Road, both eastbound and westbound from McCarran to Maryland Parkway is going to be closed. You've got Maryland Parkway northbound and southbound from Russell to Trop is going to be closed. Uh, Trop westbound from Maryland Parkway to Swenson Street is closed. And Swenson Street northbound and southbound from Naples to Trop is also closed. So basically everything around the Thomas and Mac is going to be inaccessible and you're not going to be there anyway because the traffic is going to be crazy everywhere because of the road closures. Um, so stay, stay out of the downtown area unless you can get in there early and don't mind leaving after all the mayhem is over. The debate itself starts at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Went over all of this yesterday, but if you would like to... What happens... I'm sorry. Uh, If you would like to watch the debate, you could do that on basically every news station, both cable and uh, and paid uh, service stations will have it. Uh, Facebook will be streaming it, Snapchat, Twitter. uh, You can find it pretty much anywhere if you want to watch the debate. It starts at 6 p.m. It's going to be in six segments, 15 minutes apiece. Everyone, not everyone, because I don't know everyone on the planet, but... There are a lot of people that I know that keep asking me if I'm going to be there. I would love to be there. I, There is a 99% chance that I will not be there. You're like, well, there's a chance. Well, there is. There's also a chance that someday I will go to the moon. But, you know, it probably isn't going to happen. So, uh, But I will, I will be watching at least the beginning of the debate. My mom and sister are actually flying in uh, for the next week this evening. So that is why, that is another reason why I have read the traffic announcements to you again so that I can refresh my own memory and, uh, and figure out an alternate route into the airport. Uh, so I, I don't know if I'll be watching the entire debate. It is 90 minutes. We'll see if they start on time. I may be able to get most of it in. 
So, uh, but looking forward to it. I think it will be an interesting, interesting night. I'm not sure at this point if it's going to make to make a whole lot of difference. Um, I think, I think there there may still be undecided voters, but I I don't I don't know. I feel like people need to wade through all this stuff that's happening and make a decision. We have uh, the RNC, the Republican National Committee's National Director of Faith Engagement. He's going to be here at the bottom of the hour. We are going to address some of the concerns that uh, that Christians have relating to the GOP nominee and uh, the potential uh, for what could what could happen going forward. It's a, it's a good it's a good conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. I know that I did. Um, let's see. All right, let's let's cover a couple stories before he is here, and then we can. Uh, actually, why don't I just tell you more about the debate? Let me tell you about more about the debate. Ready for this? Thomas and Mac, the Thomas and Mac Center. The estimates, the early estimates thus far on the the media coverage, how much free advertising Thomas and Mac and UNLV has gotten. $85 million. That's unbelievable. Now, the city did put in, I, I think, something like $8 million to to get the debate here. But the, the media coverage on UNLV could not be any higher, I don't think. And it's, it's, it's good for our city. It's good for, our, it's good for us. You know, people are coming paying our taxes. It's always a nice thing. If you're not in Las Vegas, I'm sorry. They're not paying your taxes, but they're paying mine, and I appreciate that. <laughs> so if you look inside the Thomas and Mac, the the media was just let in, I believe, yesterday. Some of the media was let in to the, to the ground level. Um, so Thomas and Mac, if, if you're not from Vegas or you've never been in there, it's huge. It's where UNLV plays their basketball games. It is an 18,000-seat stadium. Ginormous. They are using a teeny tiny little fraction of Thomas and Mac to actually hold the debate. I'm, I'm actually, I'm not, when I started looking at all these numbers and things, I'm not entirely sure why they've been having it at Thomas and Mac. I mean, it's, like I said, it's great for our city, but they have um, only 1,000 people be permitted in as guests. Interestingly enough, they've been pushing... Uh, that the the tickets will all be given to students, so there's no tickets available to the general public. In actuality, there was a lottery at UNLV for the students who would be able to go, and only 100 students from UNLV are going to be in the audience tonight. 100. 1,000 people total as as spectators 100 students now if you look at the way they have it set up it'll, i'm interested to see if they make it look huge tonight on tv and it's amazing what they can do with camera angles and and optical illusions to make you think that something is is just out of the park amazingly gigantic when in actuality it's quite small and it looks like from the limited pictures that we've seen online that they may be having a very small section up front by the stage and that's where I'm guessing that's where the hundred students will be I could be completely wrong I don't know um but then you have to go well there's 900 more guests that are getting in those are those are going to be guests of the candidates those are going to be uh 
I would assume, uh, party officials and people of that nature. That doesn't include the press. The press, get this now, a thousand spectators total is what we're being told. Only 100 UNLV students that are going to be 3,000 members of the press there at the debate tonight. 3,000 press members. That's unreal. <sighs> UNLV is is doing a lot of um, different debate things. They have mini classes that are going on. They have um, uh, everything from freshman level qu- classes to graduate classes. They're looking at debate history, issues, things like that nature. Um, and of course, then we have Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are in our city prepping for this debate that is going to happen. And by the way, it is kind of cool if you want to go downtown and if you can get in and out before the debate actually happens, there is there are are are, are media appearances and media people everywhere. So if you're into this kind of thing, if you like politics and you like the news, it it doesn't take a whole lot of research to figure out you know, where different uh, media outlets, what uh, hotels they are utilizing or conference areas they are utilizing. And many times, many times, their film sets are publicly accessible. So not that you can go and, and be on TV, but that you can go and you can watch them uh, doing their TV production. My boss and I were able to go down uh, to the MGM uh, yesterday. Fox is set up over at the MGM and they have, uh, well, I, I won't say where it is in case they don't, you know. Anyway, um, but it's in, their set is in a publicly accessible area at the MGM, and there were people there watching uh, watching Hannity film last night. It was really, it was a, it was really neat, and you could just be down there and you could watch them film. Now, not you can't get everywhere that everyone is filming, obviously. Um, like Carl Cameron was filming over in a, in another area, and that didn't look like you could actually get in there. Uh, but the main set you were able to get in. The Washington Post also had a big uh, debate, red carpet pre-debate thing going on down at the MGM. There's all sorts of stuff. So if you want to go try and check that out or even just wander uh, through the hotels. You might be surprised who you would find. I saw Geraldo last night. Uh, We actually ran into, literally, uh, ran into Sean Hannity. He was walking into the lobby as we were walking out of the lobby. Um, So, yeah, you you just don't know. If you want to go and and try and and see some cool stuff, especially if you're homeschooled, you might be able to get in on some some interesting things. yeah, I, I I would. I did yesterday. <laughs> Anyhow. So those are just some things. But you know, and and let me just say this in regards to to Hannity. I've been uh I've been asked many times since the beginning of this debate. Obviously, if you know me, you know um in the primary in particular I I have not been Mr. Trump's uh, greatest supporter, and Hannity uh, has been has been very favorable uh, towards Trump. And I've had people tell me, "Well, how can you do that? Aren't you worried that your your friendship with with Hannity is on the line if he supports Trump and you don't? And aren't you aren't you disappointed that he's doing this? And aren't you? Uh, what about oh principles? Oh, but the country." 
bottom line is, I decided a long time ago that politics cannot and will not affect my friendships. Now, some people I mute because I on social media because I don't want their politics that I might disagree with and the things that they rant and rave about that I I would be tempted to to dive into a, a debate that's never going to end and that could affect uh, our relationship. I just I, I mute those people. You, d- you don't have to watch stuff or listen to stuff that you don't agree with, but that also doesn't mean that you can't still be friends. I think it's sad. I think it's incredibly sad to lose friends over an election. So uh, and I have zero problems with Sean Hannity or anybody else supporting whomever they want. And no, it's not going to affect my friendship with him or, or anyone else. Not if I have anything to say about it. And, you know, I I should have brought this up earlier. You need to go to joshtice.com. He wrote a fantastic, fantastic article. I shared it on Twitter. I'm not sure if I shared it on Facebook or not, but I will uh, here in the next break. So you can go over to facebook.com slash the frittle. You need to read this article. I believe the title of it is Who Who Will Save America or Who Can Save America, something like that. And it's all about this election And it is so, so good. If you are a Christian and you care about the future of our country, it it is not telling you who to vote for at all. It is talking about our responsibility as Christians. And it is powerful. It is spot on. It is perfect. It is exactly what the church needs to hear right now. So go to joshtice.com, check out his article. I'll share it on Facebook. It's already on Twitter. You can find me there at The Frittle as well. Uh, We're also on SoundCloud and iTunes. Today's show is going to be on on both shortly after we conclude. Uh, Again, Chad Connolly is going to be coming up in just a few minutes. He's the RNC's director or national director, rather, of faith engagement, which means he engages churches. And I think you're really going to enjoy and appreciate what he has to say. That is just moments away. But first, let me tell you that this portion of the KVXL broadcast day is underwritten by the nonprofit Hope Christian Health Center. Hope Christian Health Center exists to glorify God by demonstrating Christ's love among our Las Vegas neighbors through excellent and affordable primary health care for all. You can reach them at 702 702- 644-HOPE or online at hopehealthvegas.org. Our thanks to Hope Christian Health Center for their support. Okay, I'm going to take a break because we're going to have Chad Connolly in studio. One of my favorite political people is a former uh, director of the GOP in South Carolina. He loves God and he is engaged in his whole focus, his job and his ministry is helping Christians and churches connect and be engaged with what is going on in the political arena. You are going to enjoy this. I think you might learn something. It's a blessing to me that he is here. So stay tuned. We're going to play Whom Shall I Fear from David Wesley, and then we will be back with Chad Connolly. Don't go away.
Welcome back. You're listening to The Frittle Show. This is KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas. We have Chad Connolly is back with us again today. Chad, welcome to the program. Honored to be back, Crystal. Great to be here. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you. You are the National Director for... I always get your title messed up, so That's why close don't I just let close you say it? <laughs> National Director of Faith Engagement for the RNC. Faith Engagement. Okay, yeah. I always... I know there's faith and engagement. I never yep. know how the two go together, so... But that's... I, I love that that's what the RNC is doing and that that is your role because it's something that we have haven't done really until you came along, right? You know, uh, when Chairman Priebus hired me, I was chairman of the South Carolina Republican Party, as yes, you know, sir. and uh, he and I had, had this conversation. We left out. We assumed the base would go vote in the past couple elections, and I recognized yeah. it. He recognized it, and, uh, you know, he told me then, campaigns, candidates have done this, but we can't find that the national parties ever had a full-time, year-round, right. ongoing effort to reach out to the faith community. Yeah, and as far as I know, the other side, that from you, yeah, we'll just say sure they the, don't the have Democrats, one. they don't have one, do they? I, we can't find. Can't I've actually find done one. some debates, Crystal, at different churches around the country. Uh-huh. And so pastors have invited the Democrat National Committee's uh, sure. person like me, and they'll say, we don't have one. So uh, based on what they're saying, they don't have yeah. one. Yeah. Well, and I should cl- say that uh, with our station, obviously we're nonpartisan, we're right. a nonprofit station. We invite anyone that would like to come in and talk about these things is more than welcome to. So we invite candidates from both sides of the aisle. Right. Very rarely does someone from the Democrat side come in and talk with us, but I'll bet. It, it, it is open <laughs> and available. So since you're you're obviously you're with the GOP on a national level, I'm going to ask you the question sure. that obviously everyone is thinking about. But I'm going to do it. I literally right before you walked in, maybe five minutes before you came into the studio, I got this email from this woman who listens to my show every day and uh, she basically I'm going to paraphrase because it's, sure. a, it's a pretty long email but she says um, she because of her values and her beliefs as a Christian she's she can't vote for the Democratic candidate right. she also can't vote for the independent candidate because of his stance on abortion right. and different things but she's struggling with if she can in good conscience vote for the GOP nominee and she wants to know if she's being too legalistic if she's missing something about him and what the consequence would be if she just decides not to vote for a presidential candidate this year well don't don't not vote I mean go vote I believe that's a biblical obligation I think we've been given a great gift in America of the freedom to choose our leaders Mm -hmm. we have a Republican form of government which means we represent the people represent us and we vote for those representatives so don't sit home I believe that's what's gotten in our problem with yes, uh, 82 million people sitting in churches, 30 million of them so, or so voting. Between 40 and 50 million Christians didn't show up. People who were sitting in churches on Sunday right. didn't show up to vote uh, in 2012. And so that's what's gotten us here. I, I would just tell the, the lady that emailed you, uh, and I go back to what Governor Pence said, our vice presidential pick, uh, said on some of the morning shows Sunday that I came home and uh, watched the clips after church. You know, he said, you know, you can't defend the indefensible. Sure. Uh, but he said, I believe Donald Trump's a change man. Mm-hmm. And I uh, said, I believe he's really connected with people around the country. He's seen something he's never seen before. And he's really been humbled by the process. And sure. this is something that's 11 years ago. One thing I've told friends, I told my Sunday school class Sunday, uh, isn't it amazing that some of the same media outlets that in the 90s told us character doesn't matter, right. that they ignored Bill Clinton's proclivities. And yet this is something that's happened some years ago. It was a private conversation taped. And now it's like the only thing they talk about on the news. Right. Right. I 
I do think it was a little bit, you know, you got to hand it to them. They're cunning and shrewd. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other side drops that. Just happens to come out the day that WikiLeaks exposes that Hillary Clinton has has, uh, has (laughs) executed pay for play and talks about having a public view and a private view, which is just dishonesty. Uh, So I I think we're living in a time when, and by the way, I'm one of those people that thinks since Jesus isn't running, we're always voting for two, one of two people. And they're, they're, by definition, that's lesser or two evils. Right. I would love to have a, a Baptist Sunday school teacher, pastor, you know, <laughs> running and being elected. That's not where we are as a nation. Correct. And a, a lot of it of not getting the quote unquote perfect candidate is, like I said, it's our fault for not showing up. But, you know, we got to have Christians vote up and down the ticket. Yeah. School board, county council, uh, state house, federal house, uh, legislature, house and senate. We need more Christian representation, more biblical worldview throughout. So please don't sit home. And I can justify as a Christian voting for Donald Trump all day long over Hillary Clinton because I, I don't know exactly what he's going to do, but I like who he surrounded himself with. His first decision was to hire a solid guy named Mike Pence who says, I'm a Christian, I'm a yeah. conservative, I happen to be a Republican. I've said that for 20-something years, too, because that's how, where my heart is. Yeah. And uh, I also look at the list of Supreme Court justices, and I'll bet you 15 people before the sermon, after the sermon, before Sunday school, during Sunday school, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I tell them, just say Supreme Court over and over, Supreme Court. Sure. Literally, the next president president is going to pick two, three, maybe four Supreme Court justices that can direct our national uh, path for the next 30, 40, or 50 years. That's enough reason for me as a Christian for, for to vote for Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton all day long. No, and I think that's a very good answer, and I think that's an answer that more Christians that support Trump should be giving if, uh, if that is indeed what we say that we believe. Um, and I think that, you know, our, our pastor, David Tice, who you know, yep. he had a great blog post that he did on his website, davidtice.com, the other the other week, um, just basically saying, look, as Christians, you know, we've, we've had a tendency to in the past where as social conservatives, as Christians, we make that decision in the voting booth based solely on social issues. Right. And that's not something that we can necessarily do this time around. That's so his right. whole post was about, you know, we can look back at the past and we can look back at what has been done and we can say, we can wring our hands and say, these options are both terrible. Or we can look to the future and say, is there a clear distinction in the direction that our country could go under no each of these it. two options? And I thought he made an excellent case for uh, the potential for communism or a communistic worldview under right. under one candidate and capitalism under the other. Right. Do you think that's a fair assessment? I think it's a totally fair assessment. You know, I've told a lot of media outlets, even when I was chairman, when, when you look across this, I mean, the other side has swung so far against what I would term a biblical worldview. Sure. Uh, and and there, there are certainly Christians on the other side. I, I don't doubt that. But when you look at what the parties stand for, what they say they believe in, the foundational aspects aspects, um, they're, they're not close to a biblical worldview. Right. And, and look, I, I'm also a believer parties aren't perfect because they contain people. It's a little bit like the person who says, I'm not coming to your church. There's just a bunch of hypocrites down there. I tell them, well, come on down. One more won't matter. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. and, and so parties can never be perfect. They're contained. They only contain the people who are attracted to them. That's why we look at the platforms. Yeah. I want to just tell people in churches, look at the platforms to find out what the parties stand for. Look, they're just like everybody else. You don't agree with everybody in your Sunday school class. You don't agree with every 
everybody, man, I got a wife and four kids. We can't agree on a Whopper or a Big Mac. (laughs) But I do think in a biblical worldview, the Bible speaks to us about everything. Sure. The left and the media have been good at telling us not to be involved in politics. But the truth is God speaks to everything in his word. Mm -hmm. Every single thing is covered. You may have to dig, may have to go find it. But he speaks to economy uh, issues, uh, tax issues, immigration issues, life, marriage, defense of Israel. You can go down the line in every single thing. And one thing I'm really proud of as a as a conservative Christian who happens to be a Republican is our platform. We just passed the most pro-life, pro-family, pro-faith platform ever passed in all of political history. I was there in Cleveland. I got to be a part of it. I work behind the scenes. And I got to tell you, there's nobody who's a Bible believing Christian who'd be ashamed of anything in our platform. That is true. I read the platform. I was completely impressed. The the GOP platform this year is really phenomenal, completely solid, um, as opposed to another party which happened to boo God. At their Boo God, call for abortion on demand at any point. I mean, I mean, Miss Clinton's position on abortion is extreme. Yeah, only six percent of the people agree with her. A, a partial birth abortion, a partial mm-hmm. birth, and then they kill the baby uh, in the name of convenience. Uh, you know, uh, who's for changing God's definition of marriage? And if there's no definition, Crystal, then anything goes. Right, right. Uh, who, who supported this Iranian deal? We just gave 150 billion dollars to a nation state that wants to destroy. God's chosen people of Israel. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think a Christian has to look very far to find things that they can support our party and our candidate with. Yeah. So I want to backtrack just a little bit. You had sure. mentioned a few minutes ago the Supreme Court and then down ballot races. So I yep. want to talk a little bit about those down ballot races and the importance of them, if you will, particularly as it relates to GOP maintaining control of the Senate and how that affects yep. Supreme Court nominations. Uh, look, I'm a big ble- I've been a state party chairman. I've been a county party chairman. I, I think one thing that really hurts when those 40 to 50 million churchgoers don't go vote is that entire ticket gets hurt. Yeah. And there are a lot of good Christians running for school board or county council or state house even, mm-hmm. and they don't get the benefit of a vote because maybe you're not totally happy with one candidate in the mix. Uh, and that's why you got to go back to the platforms because, let's face it, we need Christians, pe- Christian people. We need biblical worldview people at every level of government. Right. We, we've backed out of this thing. Um, I, maybe the Senate, it could be the only stop to a far left agenda agenda. Uh, the House in spending certainly needs to do a better job uh, all the way through of watching our spending. I mean, I, you can go through all kind of issues, but it matters that Christians go establish that they're there, their voice is heard, and they're not going to sit this out because it matters at every level of government. It does. And and there, there's never a case that goes directly to Supreme Court. It's not just it shows up right. one day. No, it starts at a lower court. Amen. And we are often, depending on your state, are choosing who those individuals are. And if we don't get involved at that level, it affects the whole process. I've actually had pastors, a couple pastors in the last few months, say something like this in the paraphrase their explanation. Well, if they ever come for my freedom of speech, then I'll start speaking out. I'm going, Pastor, they already are. Yeah. Just the fact you're thinking about it and we're having this conversation means this is happening. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, if the government can sue florists and bakers and photographers and wedding right. planners just right. for living out their faith, you've got to be 
having your head in the sand if you think they're not coming for churches <laughs> and so for pair church groups and the women's auxiliary and the men's group and the youth group and any other organization attached to the church. This secular humanist agenda does not like competition. Mm-hmm. They seek to repress and oppress freedom of speech and Christian speech, Christian speech, because look, they're not offended by all this other stuff that comes out. I mean, right. they embrace every bit of it. But boy, don't mention Jesus and God and salvation mm-hmm. and redemption. And you start talking about those things, they'll make sure that you're silenced. Uh, who would have ever thunk that, you know, I don't know if you know the story of that Baronel Stutzman. That lady had a 42-year floors business. Yeah. 42 years. And Christian, uh, outspoken Christian, committed Christian. A customer, a nine-year customer, happened to be a gay guy, and he finally comes in and says, do the flowers for for my wedding ceremony. She says, respectfully, you've been a customer, but I, I cannot be a part of that ceremony. It violates my deeply held religious convictions. Right. She even offered to find a replacement. 20 florists in her little town in the state of Washington offered to do the flowers for free. That wasn't good enough. They wanted a lawsuit. Yeah. So the state of Washington sues. So everybody paying tax in Washington, their tax dollars went to run that lady out of business. More than that, maybe for the first time in history, the Department of Justice under the Obama administration, meaning everybody listening to these words, your tax dollars helped to sue that lady. She lost her business. She lost her home. There are Christians around the country who are supporting her now. And all she was doing was living out her faith the way she believed the Bible taught her to do. Now, we have crossed a Rubicon in our nation when yeah. that can happen. Yeah. And we as Christian have, have, Christians have been forced to participate in running a Christian out of business. And we think that that wouldn't come to the church. And so I have spoken a lot. I really think that uh, if we're spineless, if pastors won't stand up in the pulpit and talk talk about issues and teach people the issues, then we're going to get what we deserve. And I believe we've got the numbers out there. We really have the majority. It's a silent majority, but there are too many of us who just, maybe we go vote. We put on that little I voted sticker. That's not good enough this time, y'all. You got to talk to everybody in your sphere of influence. Don't assume. Go vote early. Go do absentee or go stand in line on election day. Your nation's future depends on you voting and voting biblical values. That's right. And early voting starts here in Nevada this Saturday. That's I can't right. believe it's beginning already. And, you know, what what amazes me about the story you just told is I would I would venture to guess that over half our audience has never heard Probably that never story. Heard it. It's not in the news. Mm-hmm. You, you, no one talks about it. No, no one talks about this stuff. And it's just incredible to me what's happening in our country, the things we don't even know are going on. But the media Mr. is so Trump, dishonest. It really is. They're, 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 they're in the tank uh, for the left, yeah. and they they censor the news. We've yeah. got to face it. we really got to get discerning about that because, they, you know, the Planned Parenthood videos, the stories sure. like that of Christians being persecuted, that stuff's not talked about on the nightly news. No, it's not. But um, Mr. Trump has uh, put forward a proposal related specifically to churches. I've seen Different people will talk about that, and then they, they, right. they've heard about it, but they don't really know what it is. Will you address that sure. issue for us? So he's talking about the Johnson Amendment, and mm-hmm. apparently he had some pastors uh, come to New York City, and he asked them to endorse him. And they said, well, we can't because of the Johnson Amendment. He was unaware of this. Right. And, of course, it's pretty obscure. Uh, apparently some churches vocalized their opposition to Lyndon B. Johnson in 1954 when he was running for the U.S. Senator, 1952. And so in a subsequent session, he slipped into uh, a, a bill, this Johnson Amendment. 
Amendment that forbade uh, nonprofits from being involved in the process. Yep. Now, I want to say to pastors, uh, if there's no freedom of speech in the pulpit, there's no freedom of speech anywhere else. Right. And so I believe you can say anything the Lord puts on your heart to say. This Johnson Amendment has been used as a scare tactic. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Pulpit Freedom Sunday. just happened the first Sunday in October. Over 4,000 churches participated this year wow. where the pastor basically did a sermon to poke it in the eye of the IRS. They mm-hmm. then sent a DVD and a sermon notes to the IRS on church letterhead and said, sue me. Now, this will be the same as last year. None will be sued. Wow. And what they said, and I have a copy of one of the response letters from the IRS, we don't have any grounds to sue you, Pastor. And so I believe hmm. there's been a real hoax and a, an intimidation thing that's been done to churches and pastors. Pastors, you better not speak about political issues. That's not true. Right. And, and actually, I don't believe there are political issues. I believe there are sp- all spiritual issues. Mm-hmm. In a biblical worldview, it's all spiritual. If not, then please tell me where the political starts and stops and the spiritual stops and starts. Yeah. But I believe God's in everything. And salt and light, that commandment out of Matthew, Matthew 5, is not to be salt and light on everything but politics or everything but education or everything but government. It's to be salt and light. Mm-hmm. And it says if the salt were to lose its savor, then it's good for nothing to be trodden in the feet of men. I don't want to be in front of the Father to being told I was good for nothing to be thrown out sure. and trod under the feet of men. So we're commanded to be involved. We have been intimidated out of the playing field, out mm-hmm. of the arena, and the Johnson Amendment has been used by the left and the media to make pastors scared of their own shadow. Yeah. And so Mr. Trump has decided to address that. He's made it a central issue. We're going to get rid of that. Uh, there are there have been bills filed in the U.S. House already. I know uh, Congressman Walter Jones of North Carolina filed that bill about a year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And so that this effort has been out there. But the truth of the matter, Crystal, zero churches have ever lost a tax-exempt status. Zero. Now, it's pretty clear, listen, Ms. Clinton, she said that deeply held religious convictions on life and marriage would have to be changed. Yeah. That that church people would have to change their view to accommodate right. her view. Right. Uh, and so our religious liberties are at, are being threatened. They are at stake with this election. That's why no Christian listening to this and nobody you know who's a believer needs to sit out this election. Yeah, exactly right. All right. Last question for you, because if I didn't ask this, everyone would think I'm crazy. I have an RNC guy here. We have a <laughs> debate in town tonight. So what uh, what are the keys for, for Mr. Trump if he's going to win this win, quote unquote, <laughs> this you know, debate I, tonight? I, I I know some of the people who are coaching him, and, and um, he's very good on his feet. I think he's just got to not be knocked off his message. He's got to stay on message. She is such a, we call it in the Army, a target-rich environment. She yeah. has so many things wrong with her. She really doesn't have any policies. All she's going to talk about is continuing the failed policies of Barack Obama, who put more people in poverty than any time in U.S. history, who put more people on food stamps than any time in U.S. history, 94 million Americans out of work, our entire Middle East policy, our foreign policy is a flaming dumpster fire uh, because of Mrs. Clinton and the Obama policies. She likes to say she's going to support the poor. She's going to work with the inner cities. You know, give me a break. Uh, there are no Republicans elected in inner cities within 20 miles of most inner cities. Sure. It's been Democrat, sure. liberal, socialistic, government handout policies that have put the inner cities where they are. And I, I think he needs to stay on the big issues and stay off of the bright, shiny objects that they try to bait him with. Yeah. And um, I think he can talk about some of the things, the WikiLeaks stuff are, are real, uh, the revelations about uh, her private and public
public uh, position, the ideas of dishonesty, why she's so uh, not trusted. But I think he's got to really talk about the issues. He's got plenty of platform to do that with, and I believe that's his key to success. I agree. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Thank you, Chad. Appreciate Thank you, you being here. Really appreciate Honored. what the RNC has you doing around the country. I think it's phenomenal. Something we don't talk about enough, and just so excited to have you back again today. I appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens in what is it now? Twenty days. That's right. Just twenty days left. Thanks for what you're doing, and God bless you. All right, God bless you. Thank Stay you. tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to KVXL 101.1 FM in Las Vegas. And welcome back. This is the Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM. That was Francesca Battistelli with He Knows My Name. It's a great song. I love that song. All right. So to wrap things up here for our final segment, we're talking politics today. Obviously, debate is in town tonight, 6 p.m. local time. Everyone's talking about it. It's a big deal for our city. The election is now less than three weeks away. Early voting starts this Saturday. And I would encourage you, if you are here in Nevada... There is no reason to wait until November 8th unless you're just a traditionalist and that's the day that you feel best about voting, then okay. But vote early. Get out and vote. Just just go and do it. I'm hoping uh, to vote Saturday if I can if I can get out. We'll see. We have an all-nighter with the teens Friday night, so Saturday may just be a wash for me. But if it's not, then I uh, then I'll be voting probably on on Monday. So I encourage you, you are in Nevada, get out, vote this weekend. It's important that you be part of the process. It is our duty. It is our responsibility. It is, I don't know what I just said, it is our responsibility as Americans to vote. But in the end, in the end, we have to remember that no matter what happens, if Hillary Clinton wins or Donald Trump wins or or by some miracle Gary Johnson takes New Mexico and Evan McMullen wins Utah and then there's chaos as the election goes to the House of Representatives to pick, no matter what happens, you know, it's our job to do our job. That's what God expects of us. That's what our country expects of us. But in the end, God is in control. And it may sound cliché, but it's true. You know, most of us, if we've gone to Sunday school at all, we know the story of Daniel in the lion's den. We know the story of, of Daniel's three friends that get thrown into the furnace and they survive a fire. We know the story of how, how the king sees a fourth man walking in the fire. He sees Jesus walking in the fire with the, with the three, with uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Ananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, really, if we call them by their actual names, not the ones that the evil emperor dictator gave them we know that when daniel was in the lion's den and and god closed the lion's mouth that the king said and came and he said was your god who you serve able to deliver you daniel said yep i'm here it's all good but there's something that we may have missed daniel chapter one the second verse of the book that gives us these stories that we know that we tell our kids Let me just read to you, okay? It's from the King James Version. Daniel chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. You say, well, I've read that verse, you know, 50 times. Yeah, but have you thought about it? 
the beginning of verse 2, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Was it, I mean, I, I don't think it gets much more clear than that. God said, all right, this is what's going to happen. You're, I'm going to let Nebuchadnezzar be in charge of you guys for a little while. So, you know, and I'm pretty sure, I, I could be wrong, but I'm fairly certain that regardless of, of which of the presidential candidates we end up with, they probably won't be as bad as Nebuchadnezzar. Now, could we lose freedoms? Yes. Could we lose a lot more freedoms with, with certain candidates than with others? Yes. But I still don't think even if we got the worst possible option, that, that it would be worse than being taken captive to Babylon and living under Nebuchadnezzar and then having your children taken by the king and and raised as as Babylonians. I'm I'm fairly certain that's not where we're going to be at. And yet Daniel and his friends, they stood for what was right and what was good. And you you know the story. They, they, Daniel and his friends get taken and they appoint them a portion of the king's meat. And they're like, you know what? No, this goes against what God would want us to do. We are not going to eat that. Daniel purposes in his heart. He says, I'm not going to file myself with the king's meat. Not because it was not delicious, I'm sure it was. No, because it was in violation of God's standards and what God had called them to do as Israelites. And Daniel and his three friends, even in the midst of a government system that was completely opposed to them and their beliefs, that had taken them as slaves, as captives, I mean, slaves might be a little harsh since they're raising them and they eventually help run the kingdom. But Daniel and his friends honored God in a culture and in a place that was completely opposed to them. And God allowed that to happen. God allowed Nebuchadnezzar to take control. But because they stayed faithful to God, God blessed them. And in the end, that's what we're called to do. No matter what happens on November 8th, no matter who is elected, it's not going to surprise God. He already knows. He has a plan. So yes, we need to do our job. We need to be good citizens. We need to be good Christians. We need to vote. That's our right. It's our responsibility as Americans. But we can't forget that ultimately, while our vote does matter, God is in control. And no one can win or lose an election without him allowing that to happen. The Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Sometimes it happens. The question is, what do we do when we find ourselves in that situation? And the answer is we do exactly what Daniel and his friends did. We do what God has called us to do. And we obey him no matter what anyone else says. And we, we embrace the mantra of Peter and the disciples that we ought to obey God rather than man. We do what we are supposed to do, no matter what anyone else does. And I have, I have run out of time, so I'm going to have to leave it at that. Debate tonight is at 6 p.m. Remember, if you're headed downtown, you want to find a different route from Sahara all the way down to the airport connector. Uh, so 15 down to the 215, you are not going to want to be in that area between 4 and 10 p.m. There's going to be a lot of road closures there uh, along Trop, along Russell, around the airport connector. Basically, if you're around Thomas and Mac, 
you probably don't want to be there between 4 and 10 p.m. unless you somehow miraculously are, are getting in to the debate, which starts at 6 p.m. local time. Hope you all have a fantastic day. This is Chris Tomlin with At The Cross. You're listening to 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas.